Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you for the opportunity to be it, your servants, God, ambassadors even, co-laborers even, uh, with you in a great work, God, in a great ministry. Uh, Lord, you said that you came to seek and to save that which was lost, and then you invited us into that ministry, and you invited us to, to be a part of that. God, that's not something we take lightly. God, what a great privilege, what a great honor to stand with you in the mission. God, be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, good evening. We're going to take a couple minutes. I'm going to update you on Kenya, give you a few more prayer points, maybe give you a few things to think about. We're going to move a little bit quickly. Yeah, so we went to Nairobi. Uh, next slide, you'll see a picture of the, the whole group. Uh, you saw one from Cheney. There's another one. So there's the group uh, that we were with. Now, Missions is an interesting thing because when you get out and, and you just trust the Lord and you go and you're, you're somewhere in the world, who knows what's going to happen? For good, for bad, for odd, just you know, out, of, out of the box, anything can happen uh, because there's an enemy or just because the world is weird. So as we went, we got to meet some, some awesome people. Some of these people I had never met before. There's new people in the church since I was there last. I was with Miles on the very first team that went a year ago where we were evangelizing and inviting, and since then, those people have been evangelizing and inviting and bringing, and so uh, it's exciting to meet some new disciples. That was really exciting. Next slide, we also just get to meet Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? You just follow the Lord and you go, you just decide to go for a hike one day in, in a Kenyan jungle and you meet Lightning McQueen right out there. So there's that. This is the least exciting slide that I have. This is the least exciting person that I met. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm ser for real. Because there, there was no, no spiritual interaction. There's no, I have no great news to tell you other than it's some famous guy who's on some movies. And we happened to bump into him. The slide you saw before is far more exciting than that slide right there. In every other picture I'm going to show you, you're going to see a bunch of people who've never been in a movie, but I'll tell you what, they're doing work for the kingdom. That guy... I don't, I don't think so. Not that I've heard. Uh, you learn things about people. I learned on this next slide, I learned that uh, Cheney's as tall as a giraffe. <laughs> I didn't even know, but he can, he can stretch a giraffe out as far as it'll go. When he stands up fully, that's how tall he is. We saw God answer prayers. Um, we, you know, Cheney mentioned there, there are young men that want to seek the Lord. That is something that Cheney specifically was praying for. You see some of those guys right here. Some of those young men uh, just got hungry for the Lord and fell in love with Cheney and fell in love with the Word and, and want to get discipled. So praise the Lord for that. On Wednesdays, they decided they're going to protest. Uh, we were scheduled to leave from India. Uh, India. You made me say that. I saw Doug. Kenya on a Wednesday, and uh, some of you may have heard, and I know some of you were praying for us, uh, we, needed to, we needed the protests to stop so we could get out of Kenya. Next slide. This is what, you know, this is just, uh, this was on social media. This is in one of the slums, but here's a guy hiding behind a corner. If you notice in his hand, he's got a pistol. This is what 
the, the protests look like. I didn't put the next picture up, but it's on social media. He shoots a guy. The next picture is there's a body laying there in the street. Uh, and that's what's going on. They said that's all going to spill out onto the main road. It's all going to be shut down. We had to go to the airport Wednesday at 8 p.m. And uh, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the leader, the opposition leader, uh, the guy who's starting all the protests, he sent out a, a message. He said, hey, I want, to, I want everyone who's protesting, I want you guys to stop protesting at 5 p.m. so you can go home and get a good night's sleep so you can protest again tomorrow. Because the, the heart of the king, it's in the hand of the Lord. And somebody was praying that the Feist and Cheney would be able to get to the airport okay, and, and like the roads can't be blocked. We can't have this guy in the street while we're trying to get there. And so, uh, you know, this is the way that God moves. He's actually not the king because he lost the election. He's, uh, that's why he's protesting. He wants to be king. But God moves that guy's heart too. And so that guy's like, you guys need to get some rest. And we said, hallelujah, go, go home and sleep. That's what you guys need. So we went uh, with, with one simple objective. And you'll see it here on this next slide. From 2 Kings chapter 19, uh, starting in verse 29, it says, And this shall be a sign unto thee. Ye shall eat this year uh, the things that grow of themselves, and the second year that which springeth of the same, and the third year... You shall sow and reap and plant vineyards and eat the fruit thereof. In verse 30, And the remnant that is escaped uh, of the house of Judah shall yet again, here, here is our vision, take root downward and bear fruit upward. This is a very young body, and, and the primary goal was not to again go and do a big evangelistic campaign, not to, to see if we could get a lot of fruit, but actually to work on establishing roots we need believers there who have a strong root system so that they can mature into fruit-bearing age. We need trees that are able to sustain the fruit, and right now they're not. And so our whole desire, our whole heart was to go and just to invest into these young disciples, young disciples that, that don't have a pastor there to lead them full-time, young disciples that, that are, are, are trying to navigate and work through the, the issues of life, and, uh, you know, and they, they send us texts, and, and they say, hey, can we Zoom? I got a question, and then they got to wait and wait and wait, and then the time difference, and then, we've, then we get back to them. These are young disciples that, but, if, but, but if we could get them established, if they could get rooted into Christ. And the only way that, that we really know how to do that is to root them into God's Word. If they would get rooted into God's Word and learn to trust His Spirit and His leading, well, the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. Then they'll be ready for the fruit that God will give them. And I, and I know that there's a big harvest there. I know there's a lot of fruit that God wants to give there. So to establish that deep and strong root, just to, to help to build maturity into that core group. That's why we went. And uh, it's a very valuable, um, necessary reason for us to go. It, it's maybe not as fancy and as shiny as like taking a big team and going to the, to the streets and going to the schools and evangelizing all the time. We sat down, just like in this picture here, we sat down with men almost every day and we just opened God's Word and we were teaching them how to walk through God's Word and to trust what it says. That's it. I say that's it like it was just a small thing. That, that's what they're getting. And that's a big thing. 
You know, in this picture, you saw it earlier, that's Ken and Sebastian in the Disciples Indeed shirts. They graduated from, they finished discipleship. And we, you guys saw that this past Sunday. We celebrated that here. In the other picture, um, the guy over here, this is Nelson. He's a new guy. This is, we made two new relationships. That's one of them. He started showing up for Bible study. But the really cool thing about that picture is that Ken was leading that Bible study. We're, we're trying to teach Ken and, and envision him to say, you, you take what you know and just start giving it out. Lead people into the Word. Open the Word with people. We're trying to impart a similar philosophy to what we have here. If you just sit down with people and invite them to, to look into the Word of God, and if they continue to do that with you, God will reveal Himself. And they will not be able to deny what they see in the Word. And so that was a really exciting thing for Ken to be able to start uh, teaching the Word. Alvaro is taking a team uh, next week. Uh, we talked about this a few months ago, but their vision is to go and actually to teach um, the core group how to do discovery Bible studies, uh, to give them a creation to Christ lesson set. And so we were just kind of setting them up and, and laying the groundwork for that so Alvaro can come on the heels and teach them that. Sebastian is an engineering student at the University of Nairobi. I think there's like 50,000 students. And he's the president of some student, of all the students. He's the president of, of all students in Nairobi. <laughs> at that university. Jeanette was saying that people who, who hold this office oftentimes go into real politics and even become you know, presidents of the country. This is a big deal. But he was telling me that uh, the Christian, that there's not enough preachers to come and speak to the Christians. They actually want Christians to come and to speak. And so they have this open door. They're invited. They said, Sebastian, can you bring us people, Christians, to come and talk to our students? And Sebastian said, I think I can do that. As, as president, I swear, I'll, I'll do my best. And he came to me and he's like, they just want us to come. Uh, and, and, and they'll pay you to show up and preach to them. It's like, well, Ken's ready. Send Ken. Send Alvaro. Send, send Larry. Send anyone who will go. So praise the Lord. God is opening uh, doors there. But listen, the first generation of disciples take a long time. It's hard work. And what Satan wants to do is to rip up the roots. And what we have to see is we have to see those roots get set. So those first few plants, you, you, you want to get them set right because the road depends on it, meaning everything that comes next, those next disciples are building off of those first few. It may take a long time to get a few, but you guys know how discipleship and multiplication works. Once you get the few, then the thing starts to grow. Have you guys ever seen a cornfield? You know how it's all in rows? It's all beautiful and straight, perfect. Has anyone ever seen crooked corn? Sam probably has. I'm not even going to look over there. <laughs> Down in the Ozarks, they might have it. They have crooked corn? It's all straight. It's all straight. Hallelujah. 
But you know why that is? It's because part, in part because there's a lot of corn there. Because they have a lot of corn around them to help straighten them up and keep them in line. You've all seen trees that we have to stake as they're growing, right? And sometimes that happens, and that's okay. We do that here. We do that with discipleship. If you have a strong root, we can stake and redirect your growth because there will be environmental things that will cause us to bend out of line or maybe personal things and personality traits that will cause us to bend out of line. We can stake that. But what we have to have are strong roots. And so that's what we're trying to lay here. Now, what we have in, at Midtown, discipleship is a little bit easier because of the amount of resources and help that we have. So even if you're discipling someone one-on-one, -on -one, you still have a whole lot of investment. Sam's helping you. Brandon's helping you or Kenny or whoever your fellowship pastor is helping you. If you're, you're getting them plugged into a ministry because there is ministry, so ministry's helping you. The ministry leaders are teaching them how to grow up and to, to take ownership, so they're helping. And, and you have a Bible study and the Bible study is helping you. So discipleship is really, you know, it's like they say, it takes the village, right? And discipleship here is like that. Discipleship there, it's really just one-on-one. -on -one. And so it takes a long time. And so be praying for that first generation of disciples. Deuteronomy 31. Uh, what's on the next slide? I don't know where we're at. We've got to go fast. All right, let's look at this slide. Deuteronomy 31. Gather the people together. Here's some prayers. Gather the people together, men, women, and children, and the stranger that is within thy gates. This is a prayer for Kenya, as, as was mentioned. There is not a men, women, and children unit in that church. There's not a, a healthy body. Uh, a, fa a healthy family. And so we're praying for a family so they can all come together. Why? That they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord and observe to do all the words of this law. That's what, that's what we're training them to do. Bring everyone together, hear the law, fear the Lord, do it. And this is cool. And that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord their God as long as you live in the land where you go over Jordan to possess it. In this picture, we did a, an outreach, uh, a soccer event, and it's hard to see, but Ken is in the front. Ken is preaching the gospel. We just, we just gathered uh, these men and children, and Ken is preaching, and over here in the, the blue short pants and the red shirt, that's Brian. Brian is, is new to me. Ken's preaching in English, and Brian is translating in Swahili because it's a mixed group, and they speak both of these languages. And so here they are. They're gathering them together, and that's what they're doing. So pray for that. Pray, pray for the outreach. Pray for the opportunities. But here's what, here's what we're trying to get. We're trying to get Ken deep roots as we're there beside him. We're helping him. We're teaching him how to share the gospel. We're teaching him how to preach. We want them to get established. Next slide. What's the next picture? Okay. Um, you know, it's also exciting because right now we just, we just paired a number of disciples. So there's, there's also four women who just got paired up. Uh, Duncan is actually discipling Brian, who you just saw. And Ken is the apprentice there. So that's going to be a really great relationship. Again, another opportunity for them to strengthen and come along. Pray for those relationships. Now, this idea that, that the first generation is really hard, that it takes a lot to invest in that first generation of disciples, that the first generation of disciples, they, they matter a lot. Uh, Jesus was teaching that as well in Luke chapter 22. And you can, you can turn there. We'll look at a couple verses. Uh, in Luke 22, you know, 
the first thing that he says is in verse 2, And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill Jesus, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the, uh, being, uh, of the twelve. So one is already uprooted. By the time Jesus is coming to the end of his ministry, one of his has already been uprooted. The root didn't stick, and one has been ripped up. It says the same thing in verse 21 of this chapter. And behold, but behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. Jesus knew that he was sitting with one who had already been uprooted. But he goes on in verses 31 and 32 to warn Simon Peter. He says, he says Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. So Satan is trying to uproot you as well. Satan wanted to rip up Simon. And listen, Satan is doing the same thing there in, in Nairobi, Kenya. There are already some that are coming in and they're trying to rip up and trying to uproot what God is planting. So pray against those who would come in and would destroy the work of the Lord. So, so Jesus is praying for Simon. Jesus is, 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 is saying, guys, I've been discipling you for three years and yet still... Satan's coming and uprooting even them. Simon, you're going to betray me. Satan wants to uproot you, but you're already, I'm praying for you, but you're going to walk away from me. You're going to betray me tonight. In this passage, Jesus takes his disciples and, in verse 13, and, and they went and found, as he had said unto them, a place where they could meet and have supper. And they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, Jesus, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him and he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus had this great desire to sit down with his disciples and let them know how important it was to get established, to get rooted into the Word, and to never let go of that foundation. And he said, I want to give you this before I die, before I go to my suffering. And what he's also laying out for them is not just uh, this, this doctrinal idea uh, this philosophy of suffering, but now he's going to make it practical. He's going to make it personal. He's going to make it real. He says, now watch what I'm going to do. And he's going to, he's going to go from there, and he's going to go to the cross, and he's going to set for them the example of what it means to follow after a God and be fully rooted so that nothing can rip you out. And he's ready to give his life. The Lord's Supper is, is a great mission's charge and challenge. The Lord is instructing us from where we stand now to look back onto his death. It is a time where, where we should all look at, at what he did for us, the sacrifice that, that, he, that he gave for us. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. But it's also a looking forward to that kingdom when he comes to, to call us and to celebrate with us. It's a great mission's charge because he's saying, look, I have such great desire to eat this with you and to show you what it means and how you ought to live in the mission. We also, not only should we right now, we're about to take the Lord's Supper. We should be looking back on the Lord's sacrifice to us, but we should have the same great desire that Christ had for his mission. And to say, you know what? When we walk out of, this suffer, out of this supper, we may walk right into suffering. And that's okay. That won't uproot us. You guys, I'm going to walk out of here, Christ is saying, I'm walking right into suffering. Don't be uprooted by that. Don't be dissuaded by that. And so he takes the, the bread, 
and he tells them, this is my body. And he takes the cup, and he tells them, this is my blood that was shed for you. And he breaks, and he, and he gives, and he invites them to join with him. But behold, the hand of him that betrayed him was already there. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined, but woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. So we need to take a few minutes right here. I'm going to have um, a musician, somebody to come up. We're going we're gonna to shift into some, some music and a time of reflection. Uh, we need our, our ushers, our deacons, I'm sorry, to come up as well. And we need to reflect back on Christ's death. We need to reflect into our, our, our life now and our engagement in his mission. And am I willing to suffer as he suffered? Am I willing to follow in his sacrifice for the cause of Christ? And we need to look forward to the kingdom to come when he will one day call us to him. Say, come up hither. Let's eat. After we've taken the Lord's Supper, we'll end with a song. Once the song is done, the slide will come up that will put us into groups and we will break up to pray for missionaries. If you're not in a missionary prayer group, I suggest you join India today and hear what's going on. Doug will give you an update. All right, but right now, let's set our hearts on the sacrifice of our Savior.